Welcome to Southwest Stories with Steve and Steve. Hey, this is Steve Brown with Southwest Stories. In 2010, the California Historic Route 66 Association was approached by someone in the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, wondering if there was an interest in having Route 66 in California designated as a a national scenic byway. And of course, the people in the California Historic Route 66 Association undertook this project, uh, creating a corridor management plan for a portion of this historic highway. And now at that time, the corridor management plan, it was formally adopted by the San Bernardino County Board of Supervisors and the city councils in Needles and Barstow and the BLM. They were ready to submit their corridor management plan But the federal government didn't have any option for the byways program to accept new applications at the time. So now, under the Reviving America's Scenic Byway Act of 2019, there's a one-time opportunity to submit uh, their uh, corridor management plan for designation of the Needles to Barstow section of Route 66 in the Mojave Desert for designation as a National Scenic Byway. This is the first time they've had the opportunity to do this in 12 years. There's no money attached for the byway if it's designated, but it's a good first step. So I'm here today with Lynn Miller, She's from the California Historic Route 66 Association, and we've got some interesting desert news. Uh, Lynn, how about if you give me a little background about yourself and the association? Sounds good. Well, I guess you could say I've been a Route 66 fan since I took my first trip in about 2003. And when I got back, I wanted to get more involved, and so I looked up the association and I've been involved uh, ever since. Um, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Uh, we're all volunteers. We're all passionate about Route 66. And as you know, Steve, there are eight different states that Route 66 passes through. And California Historic Route 66 Association is the state association just like each of the other states has an association. Mm-hmm. The news that I've heard uh, recently is that, well, there was a national corridor management plan for Route 66, but now there's a, a scenic byways designation that's coming up. Talk me through this, because I think this is a process that's been going on for some time now. And honestly, it would be nice to see it come to fruition. So... <laughs> Where where are we at and how did we get here? Okay, well, to give you the background, the full story, um, in about 2010, a woman named Danella George with the Bureau of Land Management approached our association and said, you know, I think 
you guys need to have Route 66 be a national scenic byway. Uh, there are four other states of the eight that have byway status, and I think California needs it too. Yeah. Well, we were definitely in agreement. And as we did our research, we found out that the very first step in order to become a byway is you have to create a corridor management plan. And this is quite an involved process. And uh, typically, an organization would hire a contractor to lead them through this. It's, it's a lot of technical work. So we started looking for funding sources to fund a contractor to help us do this project and um, weren't successful the first time we applied. But the second time we applied and we got funding to hire an, a, a firm from uh, the East Coast that does a lot of scenic byway proposals. Uh, their name is Lardner Klein. They're an excellent group. So when we started the process, we made contact with the state of California byways coordinator. And we said, hey, we're really excited. We want to write a corridor management plan for all of California, uh, Route 66. And he said, hold on, <laughs> I cannot approve that. It is destined to failure. You cannot do a plan for the entire Route 66 route across California. It's more than 320 miles. It's a diverse area. We've got the big cities. We've got the desert. I will not approve your proposal unless you cut it down to a reasonable area. So at their request, they we determined it would be from Needles to Barstow. And we were really disappointed. We wanted to have the byway go across the whole state. But if the person who has to approve your application says he's going to turn it down, <laughs> we took his guidance, which actually was a blessing. Uh, it was enough work just doing needles to Barstow. I would imagine it probably is looking at the documentation for all of this. Um, how come it didn't go to Victorville? I'm just curious. Well, that again was the decision of the byways coordinator at the time. Okay. He was very helpful to us. And because we had Bureau of Land Management offices in Needles and in Barstow, that was kind of a logical start-stop place. Uh, the question comes up all the time. If I do a presentation in San Bernardino, how come it didn't go to San Bernardino? <laughs> how come it didn't go to Santa Monica? Our concept, uh, once we had to decide, okay, we have to do Needles to Barstow, was we would do a corridor management plan in phases and work our way uh, through Route 66. So we're now on phase one, uh, the Needles <laughs> to Barstow area. Okay. So this this is an ambitious plan. When you look at the totality of Route 66 through California, uh, this is, but this is a great place to start. I mean, you're starting at the Colorado River, right? Uh, where Route 66 enters California. And then you're crossing much of the Mojave, and uh, there's a there's an awful lot uh, that's included in that stretch. How long how long is this stretch that's under consideration right now for the byway? Well, we actually for the first time did GIS mapping of the area, mm -hmm. and our plan is we start at the Colorado River, right where it joins the uh, All American Road 
uh, byway in Arizona, Route 66, and we go to the westernmost boundary of Barstow, and it ends up being, I think it's 172 miles. Wow, okay. I've driven it so many times, it just is it's just like second nature to me, but <laughs> I never really paid attention to how many miles. We had never... We had never really clocked the mileage either. We were just using the points between Needles and Barstow. And someone said, oh, it's 153 miles. We said, sounds good. But then when we did the actual GIS mapping of it, when we include that section to the Colorado River, which obviously makes sense, we want a seamless flow from Arizona that added on some extra miles. Okay. And then there's a couple of different um, alignments um, like for instance, uh, when you go from Essex, uh, East, there's the, there's the Northern alignment to Goffs, and then there's a, a more recent Southern alignment that leads up to the 40 interstate 40. And, uh, are, are, are you including both alignments or, or is it, did you have to just pick one or how does that work? Well, for the purposes of this, when we did the corridor management plan, we did map out the alignments. And you know, there's like the little start stop off of my Topak oh, yeah. uh, area. And then uh, like through Needles, there were a couple different alignments. Mm-hmm. And so we had to decide, okay, what would be the most likely travel path that people would take if they were traveling the byway? And one of the most popular guidebooks that we recommend when people say, you know, I really want to travel, but I need some guidance is Jerry McClanahan's Easy 66 Guide. Oh, yeah, I've got that. And, and it's so an excellent book. It is excellent. And so what we did is we used the travel route that uh, that Jerry had suggested, and it does cross the Colorado River goes through needles, and then it does cut up to catch goths because that is a great uh, area of history. And then it drops down, uh, down through, you know, Fenner and Exus down to Amboy and then uh, makes that dip there through the desert. Right. Now let's talk our way through this, um, going the traditional east to west route. Um, what are some of your favorite stops along the way? I mean, we, do, we just mentioned goths which is Dennis Casabir's done such an excellent job and, and those of his supporters and, and those who have followed along with his work and all the volunteers, have they've done an excellent job with the Mojave Desert Heritage and Cultural Association out there. It's a fantastic resource and uh, people should really, whenever possible, take advantage of that and visit that because you can learn so much. But Outside of that, let's start in Needles. I mean, my one of my favorite stops, and, and when I, Jim Conkle and I were leading a uh, Route 66 through the Mojave tour, we made sure to stop at this location because most Route 66 roadies don't seem to stop there, but the Topak Maze, I mean, what do you, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's one of them. I mean, obviously there's the bridges on the on the Colorado and all of that too. But let's, let's just talk about some of the fun stuff that you can see on this route because it it's packed beyond belief with. It is totally packed. <laughs> I like the idea of starting. Well, let's start at the Colorado river yeah. because that's one of the most iconic places to look where we have 
the beautiful Trails Arch Bridge that once supported cars going across the Colorado River. Now, you know, it carries the pipeline for, uh, I think it's PG&E, but that's always a, a popular place. And when you get to Needles, there's so much to see there. Um, one of my favorite places is the El Garces Harvey House. Oh, of course. Uh, beautiful. It used to be called the Queen Jewel of the Fred Harvey chain. And so that's great. Um, the town of Needles is very supportive of Route 66. There are many businesses that have um, murals on the side of their buildings. Um, I, I think you probably know Spike. Who is yeah. Snoopy's cousin? Yeah, and Spike has kind of been adopted as one of the icons of Needles because um, Charles Schultz actually lived in Needles for a period of time. Right, I've been by his house actually several times, uh, and people don't really know that about Needles. I mean, people tend to just get on the interstate and rip through these these towns in the desert, and they don't really understand how deep and varied the history and the culture has been there. And uh, there are some great businesses there, but El Garces is, is a fantastic stop. I mean, to get a sense of what the railroad used to mean to this country and to take in a little of the Fred Harvey uh, history in developing, you know, access to the West and people's and really tourism and travel across the West. I mean, and uh, funny enough, Edward Curtis, the photographer figures in with Topak Mays and uh, Fred Harvey, because of course he was out there taking pictures of these sites to, in a kind of a romanticized way, of course, the native Americans of the Southwest were very much romanticized for purposes of travel and tourism. But, uh, it's an interesting story to to kind of wander into with the history behind all of that in the Harvey houses. And of course, this stretch of Route 66 is going to include another one. All right. So then we head out from Needles and there is plenty to see there. Um, and, and there's a lot of natural beauty along this way as well. Uh, and P- if people are looking for outdoor recreation, there are great places to go hiking, rock collecting, uh, just exploring. There's a lot of wilderness areas as well. But then after, <clears throat> once you get to Goffs, there's so much history there and they've got some excellent events annually uh, to stop by. There's nothing like cocktails in a caboose and um <laughs> Hanging out, talking <laughs> history in the East Mojave. But um, as you come out of Goffs, let's talk about that. I mean, because there's there's not a lot left to see in Fenner, really. But you- Well, before we get to okay. Fenner, though, mm-hmm. one place that I was not even aware of until we started doing the corridor management plan is the Camp Ibis, right. which is located right outside of Goffs which was one of the 12 divisional camps under General George S. Patton during World War II and the Desert Training Center. That There's so much history there. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, we've got Camp Ibis, which was one of the Army camps. And then you've got, as you further go down Route 66 here near Essex, you've got an airfield for the Army Air Corps, correct? 
Yes, that is correct. <laughs> one in Essex and one in uh, Fenner, I believe, was the second one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are three of them along Route 66 there in California. Yeah, they're fun to go out and explore, and, and you can kind of still see some of the grids where most mostly tents and temporary buildings were constructed. But during World War II, when Patton was training his troops for the invasion of North Africa out in the Mojave Desert, and the actually and the Colorado desert uh, south of us, there were tens of thousands of men and tanks and planes just roaring all over the desert. And you can still find sites where, you know, you can tell where the, the tanks were or, you know, where they did certain training exercises and that sort of stuff. So that's a fascinating part of history. There's an excellent uh, video called The Sands of War. Um, I think you can get it through the Patton Museum or find it online. That really gives a great overview of what those desert conditions were like. As you said, Steve, the troops were training for um, the North African campaign, and uh, they were living in tents in the desert heat so it was grueling conditions. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they really enjoyed it. <laughs> Them and the German tourists who like the yes, 120 exactly. degree heat it. for some reason. Uh, when the rest of us are looking for shade and air conditioning. So now as as you come down there too, there's another thing that, that becomes apparent, which is a lot of this route follows the railroad. And there's reasons for that, right? That's correct. Okay, well, it even goes kind of predating that. You know, if you think way back, animals were looking for water. And Native Americans that were uh, populating the area, they also needed water. So they would follow the footpaths that the animals made. And then as we had wagon trains coming across, they would follow those same. And then the railroad came across. And of course, the railroad was especially concerned with topography. They were looking for the flattest route that they could find. Um, And then when Route 66 was uh, envisioned in 1926, when it was officially commissioned as a U.S. highway, uh, it made a lot of sense to follow the tracks of the railway because the railways had to stop in towns that had water and supplies uh, could be a place to transfer some of the um, uh, crew that worked on the trains. And so it made sense that Route 66 would follow the railways. In fact, in our desert section, Route 66 actually crosses the railroad track six times. Okay. And, and of course, for travelers, automobile travelers back in 1926, the railway also seemed to have a lot of personnel along the line. And of course that helped you with uh, any kind of uh, auto emergencies, because I don't think back then you could get on your cell phone and call AAA and have them come pick you up. (laughs) Not at all. No, it was quite the adventure. I think Uh, it's fascinating. So then from, from Goffs and down through Fenner, you go through that area where Patton was doing the desert training and then you kind of keep going southwest down to Cadiz Summit and then wrap around to Amboy. Now, for me, 
this takes me back to my childhood because we used to go out rock hunting a lot on, on weekend trips or, you know, extended weekend uh, trips. And we actually got to stay in Amboy when I was a kid uh, because there's a lot of good rock hunting around that area. But now a lot of that stretch and, and this, this is kind of something I'm curious about because you, you might know more about this than I do. Uh, a lot of that washed out because there's, there's a well over a hundred bridges from like the 1930s. If, if I remember correctly, along that stretch of uh, the highway as it comes down and goes through Amboy and back over to Ludlow. And a lot of those washed out and flash flooding in like 2014 and 15. And a good stretch of that is still closed today. How's the progress coming on that? And, and do we, do we know when that's going to reopen or uh, how, how this byway uh, might influence that possibility? Well, you know, Steve, that is a concern because you're absolutely right. There is a section of uh, Route 66, as it does dip down to the southwest, as you indicated, that is closed now because they had two major uh, bridge washouts. Uh, the county of San Bernardino is doing a yeoman's job trying to get funding to repair these bridges. As you mentioned, there are over a 100. Uh, we actually documented 128 timber trestle bridges that were built in the 30s with a 50-year projected lifespan. And so you can imagine we're way past that lifespan. And when we got some of those microbursts a couple years ago, they totally wiped these bridges out. Um, they have the, the county is very active in trying to secure funding, but it's probably going to be another year, maybe two, before that entire stretch is opened again. Um, hopefully, there'll be parts of it opened as they progress along the way. But, you know, that that is really a disappointment for Route 66 travelers. But, you know, as we started mapping things for our byway nomination, there is still so much to see oh, that even though we are missing that <laughs> crucial piece uh, there's no lack of great opportunities along Route 66, even with the road closures. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and, you know, Jim Conkle and I went out with the San Bernardino uh, County Roads Division and took a look at some of the damage uh, back in 2015. And, you know, I, I was extremely impressed by their desire to maintain uh, the historic nature of these bridges and try to rebuild as authentically as possible and to, Absolutely. Tr to try to keep the historic nature and, of the experience of, that you would have driving through there. And so I, I'm sure that they're doing everything they possibly can to not only get it open, but to, to maintain that historic nature of that stretch of, of the road. And it is a naturally beautiful stretch of the road too. Uh, there's some great vistas there. And then of course um, you can get down to the marble mountains uh, where there's the fossil beds. Uh, there's the trilobite wilderness just North of there, which is a fantastic place to go hiking. I love that place a lot. And then, of course, Roy's Cafe and Motel in Amboy, which is a must stop for everybody. 
And then you head on out to Baghdad and on back up to Ludlow. And then, you know, that stretch is interesting too, because you've got, you've got the Amboy crater, <laughs> which I, I absolutely love the fact that you can go hike into the uh, center of an old uh, cinder cone volcano and hike up on the edges. And it's, it's really nice. And there's some incredible wildflowers there. Although there's lots of snakes there too. You got to watch the snakes. I found that out because <laughs> I have hiked the Amboy crater as well. And you're absolutely right. It is a beautiful experience in the spring, winter, or fall. Yeah. Uh, and actually we've, we've had some people die when they've decided to go hiking there in August. So I don't recommend it. But the Chuckwallas there, they love the black lava rocks because they heat up and they get all warm. And so all the lizards come out and hang out on the rocks. And it's, it's really a fun place to stop. And if you've got kids, it's a great place, too, because these Chuckwallas are big and they're not all that scared of humans. And so you can uh, see quite a few of them when you stop there. Now, what are, what are some of your favorite stops between Amboy Ludlow, and then on to Newberry Springs. Well, in Ludlow, of course, we always recommend that you stop at the Ludlow Cafe because uh, that's a great place that, you know, is part of our Route 66 history. And so that that would be definitely a place we would recommend. And then, of course, speaking of cafes, when you get just before you're into Newberry Springs, you go by the Baghdad Cafe, which has a, a history of its own. Oh, yes. And a cinematic history, as, as it turns out to be. And that that really brings up something, too, which is is the role that small independent businesses play in the culture of Route 66, not just in California, of course, but uh, across all of the eight states um, in the 2,400 and so miles of uh, Route 66. And I don't know, to me, um, they are every bit as important as the historic sites, you know, as the roadside attractions, as the natural beauty as, and the rest of the history, it, the people that are actually living and making a living along the route. Now they're a real critical part of all of this. Um, did you, did you have a lot of involvement by businesses on, along this route uh, when you were putting together this plan? Yes, we did. Because I think that uh, these businesses, which you say are so important because when people travel Route 66, they want the authentic experience. They don't want to eat a hamburger in a chain that they can visit anytime that they are in Indiana or Michigan or any other state. They want to experience real Route 66. And these businesses are what give Route 66 its unique flavor, no pun intended, because <laughs> we were talking about a cafe. Yeah. But um they, you know, that's that's the Route 66 experience, and that's something that we always stress when we talk to visitors. And we have good support from those businesses because they realize that when they're out there serving customers that authentic experience, they're helping to make that Route 66 trip 
something very special that they're not going to be able to experience in other parts of the country. And and these people are are true, true treasures. I mean, they work hard for their money and they're dedicated. I mean, they're they're incredible people. I mean, to me, going along this this road and meeting the people is really at the core of what makes it both authentic and incredibly touching and special. I, they're like the best of America to me. Um, and, and it's actually inspiring to actually find some of the best of America. <laughs> Still, <laughs> I'll take it where I can get it. But um, then as you, uh, you know, Newberry Springs is an interesting community. I mean, they had plenty of water for a long time. And so they actually have like little communities set up for water skiing out there, which is interesting. And then of course, what are the, they're kind of an agricultural community as well. Um, pistachios. pistachios. Yeah. Some of my favorite things. <laughs> so that's a, they're a nice community. Now they're, they're in, going to be dealing with something pretty soon out towards Daggett. But before you, before we get to Daggett, there's, there's a stop that I think is kind of uh, historical and important, which is the Daggett inspection station. And I don't, can you yes. tell us a little bit more about that place? It's well, important. yes. Um, as you know, in, when we had the big dust bowl migration of people fleeing uh, Oklahoma, Texas, that area, um, if they were coming to California, they would be stopped at an inspection station at the California border. It was not the one that's outside of Daggett. It was an earlier one. And if you were a Dust Bowl migrant and you could not show that you had sufficient money or that you had employment in California, you were turned back. And so those inspection stations were really part of the desert experience. The one in Daggett, uh, as I said, was not a Dust Bowl one, but it still is that same experience that many travelers faced as they came into California. At the point when the Daggett one was operational, it was more looking for um, produce that might uh, carry uh, insects that, that could ruin our great agricultural economy here in California. But it's a great place to stop now and see. It's a good photo op. Um, it's a good place. You can catch a little bit of shade in the desert area. So yes, stopping at the inspection station is a great stop before you get into Daggett. Yeah, I just think it's a good place to kind of reflect on, on the roles that this road has had throughout its history. I mean, it's not even 100 years old yet. You know, that, you know, the whole westward migration along this route during the Dust Bowl and the Depression, you've got, you know, Grapes of Wrath, Steinbeck, the Mother Road. It makes sense that this inspection station would be to the east of Barstow, because in Barstow, you're going to join with another highway, Highway 58, which is going to take you directly into California's, uh, connect you directly, basically, with California's, you know, you know, Sacramento Valley and San Joaquin Valleys and, and all of the uh, produce growing and agricultural operations there. So you would want to protect that. Now, Barstow yeah. is one of my favorite 
desert towns, sometimes despite itself. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Barstow's got a lot going for it, and sometimes they don't realize that they do. There's a lot of great things to see there. They've got an excellent Route 66 museum. They've got the Western American Railroad Museum, which is also excellent, and the Mojave River Museum, which is yet another wonderful museum. That's It's hugely impressive by the diversity of, uh, you know, the range of, of history and uh, culture that they represent between these museums. And then, of course, the Desert Discovery Center is also very good, and they've got a lot of good programs there as well. But <clears throat> my favorite still is the Casa del Desierto Harvey House. Again, another Fred Harvey um, operation. And that's not directly on the route, but it's right in Barstow on the railroad. And uh, That's correct. And what a beautiful building that is. I love uh, it. I really commend the people in Barstow that recognize the value of saving something like that. Because as you well know, Steve, in Needles and in Barstow both, when the Santa Fe Railroad was there, when the buildings no longer suited their needs for office space, you know, let's just tear them down. We don't need them anymore. But luckily in both Needles and Barstow, uh, the townspeople rallied and said, you cannot let these pieces of history die. And I really commend them for that because we've lost so many of the Harvey houses right. in other areas. Yeah. I mean, my heart really goes out to the people that said, no, 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 no. We got to keep these things. This is our history. They are worthwhile. They're beautiful. And they are. I mean, Casa del Desierto is a wonderful building and it's it's haunted too, by the way. But uh, <laughs> I have heard that, yes. <laughs> I have gone on a uh, an actual legitimate ghost hunting expedition in there, and let's just say it was successful. But okay, <laughs> but there's also there's a lot of, of fun stuff in Barstow too. There's actually some fun restaurants there, and uh, it's also a place where you can you can take off to other locations. Uh, you can get up to, you know, the Calico Ghost Town, which is now a San Bernardino County Regional Park, right? Um, Correct. You can explore uh, the Mojave Road, Afton Canyon. All along this route, it's connected with all sorts of other options for exploring the desert even further. I mean, you've got the Mojave National Preserve to the north. You're basically driving through a lot of the Mojave Trails National Monument. And then you've, you know, you've got Joshua Tree National Park to the south, uh, lots of wilderness areas. And I've hiked a lot of these places. And you know what? There's no crowds. And they're really beautiful. <laughs> I shouldn't tell you anybody. Know, Steve <laughs> One of the things that I think is most attractive about this section of Route 66, you know, especially the area between Needles and Barstow, is it looks so much like the the path that early automobile travelers took. You know, there isn't a lot of development there. As you said, there aren't the crowds. Motorcyclists especially love this area, as you well know, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, because they get that kind of open 
vast expanses of beautiful landscapes that you just can't get in other areas. Yeah, I I think it's really wonderful uh, that you're working to preserve this. Um, Now, does does this byway offer any kind of protections or benefits to this stretch of road that will help ensure that people can continue to enjoy it in this state for years to come? Well, let me just mention that what we are submitting, our byway nomination, is the first time that Federal Highways has accepted byway nominations in 12 years. Wow. And they've made it very clear in the legislation, which I have read, that says there is no funding attached to this. And so we know going in, this is not going to be like byway opportunities in the past that came with money attached to it. But when you think about it, if we have the byway designation, that's going to help us in other uh, opportunities that we see. I feel so good about if we get the byway designation when the county of San Bernardino goes to apply for more funding to repair those bridges, they can say, it's just not a desert road. It's Route 66, which is a national scenic byway. And so I think we are going to be able to see, even though we don't get a package of money coming with our designation, I think it's going to help us as we make the case for Route 66 for other grant opportunities. I I think you're probably right. And I hope it works the same way that it has uh, in similar situations for certain national monuments, which is uh, they started off with no budget allocation whatsoever, or in some cases, Congress allocated a dollar, um, kind of a slap in the face. But uh, later Congresses, then would say, well, this designation exists and this is worth supporting. And so we want to create a budget for it. So hopefully between that possibility and other funding and support possibilities, uh, this will, you know, take root and, and uh, grow and become something we can all look back on and be proud of. So it's what the reviving America's scenic byway act of 2019 is what the technical name is. Correct. That is correct. Okay. What, what do you, what do you want people to take away from say, say we get the designation. What do you want people to take away from traveling this 170, how many miles? About 172, I think. Okay. Uh, what do you think people will take away from that? Well, what I want them to take away is a sense of how important Route 66 was in our American history. This predates the interstate highway system. This is how people living in Chicago who wanted to go to Los Angeles, another big metropolitan area, this is how they traveled. And so I think that's an important takeaway. Another important takeaway that that really got my interest when I first got involved with Route 66 is highlighted in the desert section that you've mentioned, Steve, between, say, Fenner, uh, and then as it loops back down, back up to Newberry Springs and Barstow, what happens when an interstate highway 
bypasses thriving businesses on Route 66. And Amboy is a perfect example of a little desert town that was thriving. It had uh, gas stations, tire repair places, garages, hotels, cafes. Route 66 is bypassed by Interstate 40, which took the straight shot across the desert. It didn't dip down like Route 66. And I've heard businesses say they could tell the day that the interstate opened, it was like turning off a spigot because the cars that used to come our way along Route 66 were now zooming down the interstate from point A to point B as fast as they could go. And people that have have done that, they've missed that travel experience. They've missed that piece of history, which Route 66 demonstrates so well. So I hope that's what they would take away from their travels. I think that's a great thing to take away. I mean, you've got history, you've got Native American history in the region there. You've got just the natural desert beauty. You've got some pretty incredible geology as well with the uh, volcanoes and the cinder cones and some of the mountains are absolutely stunning along the route. I, and then the river itself and needles is, is a whole other thing. I, I strongly recommend that if people want to really explore this, that they plan on giving themselves some time and, and essentially spend the night in needles and then spend another night in Barstow and just really immerse yourself as you travel this route. Um, you can actually take longer than that, but there's not a lot of places to stay <laughs> in between Needles and Barstow. But, and then, of course, you've got Mitchell Caverns near there. There's, oh, there's so many places to go and explore so all along this route. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Now, this has to go through a process, right? You're applying for this byway status. That is correct. We are, we are, we will be submitting a, a very comprehensive packet to the Federal Highways Administration, and they have already started recruiting uh, the review panels that will be looking at this with a fine tooth comb. And then if you have met all the criteria that have been spelled out in the federal register uh, that are required of a byway, uh, then you will receive the designation. And so we've uh, been told actually the law dictates that the announcements have to come within one year of the um, byway bill being signed. And so we're looking at probably uh, by late September, we should hear uh, whether our nomination uh, for the designation of Route 66 between Needles and Barstow is approved, and hopefully we will be part of the America's Byway system. And that's the system that honors the most important roads that we have in the United States. I think that's fantastic. And it's, it's really clear from the documentation of the plan uh, that's on your website for the uh, California Historic Route 66 Association that y- you folks have have done an incredible amount of work on this. <laughs> it's very impressive. It's very comprehensive. And I just hope that 
come September, we have some good news to repay you for your dedication. But thank you for being that dedicated. That's really an important step, I think. I I worry a lot about Route 66, um, you know, being uh, neglected, forgotten, taken for granted, ignored, um, and you know, I it's just too important to let that happen to. And I really appreciate that you uh, and your organization are taking this much energy and initiative to make this happen. Thank you so much. Well, Steve, I appreciated the opportunity to be here and share part of our Route 66 adventure. And thanks for all that you do to keep people informed about our beautiful, beautiful desert that we have here in California. We try. (laughs) We definitely have a desert worth preserving and there's so much in it uh, that's worth preserving that it's, it's incredible. So thank you very much. I'm going to have more um, online. Uh, for people to explore just some of your documentation links to your website, some more information if they want to dive into this more in depth, or maybe uh, while they're sitting around waiting to be able to travel again, they can start planning some uh, explorations along route 66 in the Mojave desert. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right. Thank you so much, Lynn. My pleasure. Before I go, I just wanted to note that uh, the Southwest Stories crew is working with a group of volunteer mask makers, and they're in four states, and we're working to send face masks to the Navajo Nation, the Hopi, and the Chemehuevi, and other tribes. Uh, We have sent to all three of those tribes so far. We've Our volunteers have gotten about 500 masks off to these different tribes, and they're making more every single day. And if you'd like to help out just a little bit with shipping costs for these volunteers, please visit our website at southweststories.us and learn how you can help out. Anything helps. These folks are doing this out of the goodness of their hearts. I've heard from our contacts in the Navajo Nation that it's been making a big difference for people there. And it's just at this time in this pandemic, anything we can do to help each other out, I think, is is a fantastic thing to be doing. And if you want to help with that, please do. If you want to help another way, that's wonderful, too. Really appreciate that. Thank you so very much. Thank you.